0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company.
1: This is Politico Energy. I'm Katherine Morehouse. The company that is expected to build the first offshore wind farm in New Jersey made a deal with the state recently that shows it's still financially committed to the project, but a huge chunk of the money isn't a sure thing. Let me explain. Orsted has sent or appeared to guarantee the $300 million it owes the state, but the deal also includes several ways for the company to avoid making a $100 million payment known as a performance security. That could be a big time loophole, and what's happening with Orsted comes amid bumpy times for the offshore wind industry as a whole. So today, we check in with Politico's Rai Rivard about what's going on with the financials behind New Jersey's first offshore wind farm. It's Monday, October 23rd.
0: Earlier this summer, Orsted was looking for some help ensuring the financial stability of what would be New Jersey's first offshore wind farm, which is known as Ocean Wind One. And they got New Jersey lawmakers, including the you know Governor Phil Murphy's administration, to support legislation, now law, which would allow them to keep federal tax credits from the Inflation Reduction Act that was originally under the deal that the state and Ersted struck in 2019 would have been returned to ratepayers, and as a condition of that deal, essentially, Ersted promised $200 million to the state in two different buckets: uh, $200 million to help build wind infrastructure, basically a wind port, a manufacturing facility, and then $100 million as a sort of performance guarantee that, you know, it would actually build Ocean Wind 1 and wouldn't walk away from it. And if it walked away, that it would pay basically $100 million to the state.
1: Okay, so just to recap, Orsted and the state made this deal. And under this deal, the company could make back $100 million, which is obviously a big chunk of money. Could you lay out for us under what scenario that could happen and why the state even came to this agreement in the first place? So,
0: after the law was passed, the BPU, the Board of Public Utilities, and Erstead were supposed to sort of work out a way for that $100 million performance guarantee to work. In a public meeting, it was sort of described to the public by Board of Public Utilities staff as an irrevocable $100 million. If Erstead walked away, the state got that money. But when we looked a little deeper at the deal, there are a couple of different ways that URSTED can get out of it. One of the ways is that if it doesn't get all the permits and authorizations for Ocean 1 1, it doesn't have to pay that money. Another way, which really piqued my interest, was entirely redacted in the agreement with the state. So we're not entirely sure what that condition is.
1: Interesting. OK, so now bring us up to where we are now. Where do things stand with Orsted in the state and what is next?
0: So Orsted has put basically $200 million on the table that can be used. It's basically an escrow that can be used for you know beefing up manufacturing facilities in the state. Although The details of that have not been worked out. The $100 million that the company has basically agreed to pay if it walks away from ocean wind one with those caveats that we talked about. There's a lot of turmoil right now in the offshore wind industry, as everybody listening to this knows. And so what at first looked like a pretty big chunk of money on the table that was sort of irrevocable and never going away and was a sign that Orsted intends to do this project is still a sign that Orsted intends to do this project. But it would be much less painful for them to walk away from the project if they met those conditions, including that sort of hidden one that allows them to keep the money and not pay it to the state.
1: Got it. Okay. And as you noted, this news with Orsted comes amid a pretty tumultuous time for the offshore wind industry more broadly. They've faced bumps on the road, both in the state and beyond. Can you remind us what's been happening within the industry?
0: So there's been a couple of different things I think you've seen across the entire Northeast Offshore wind companies saying, hey, inflation, supply chain issues, that's is driving up the costs of these projects that we promised to do several years ago before all this inflation hit. So you're seeing that. In New Jersey specifically, you saw Orsted this summer get this deal that allows them to basically keep federal tax incentives that they would have paid back to the ratepayers. There were some reasons for that. Orsted could argue they didn't see the generosity of the Inflation Reduction Act coming when they signed the, you know, the deal with the state originally. And of course, the Biden administration wants to build these projects. So it makes sense for the companies that are trying to build the projects to keep the money that the Biden administration put on the table. But, you know, that deal sort of worked to Orsted's advantage in New Jersey, where they were sort of willing to negotiate. Recently, though, we've seen in New York, which my colleague Marie French has been covering, the offshore wind industry coming hat in hand to New York utility regulators and saying, hey, we need more money too. And the regulators saying, no, a deal's a deal. You signed it for a certain price. We're not going to negotiate with you. If you can't build it for that price, uh uh-oh, for you and for, you know, in the short term, our clean energy goals.
1: Also, the United States will not reimpose steel and aluminum tariffs on the European Union at the end of the year, even if the sides cannot come to an agreement on a so-called green steel deal. That's according to two officials with direct knowledge of the decision. The tariffs were imposed by former President Donald Trump, and were put on pause while Washington and Brussels tried to hammer out a deal to jointly penalize China's subsidized metals production and encourage trade in lower polluting metals. But they were scheduled to be reimposed January 1st if the sides could not reach a deal. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. By the way, please join us Wednesday evening, October 25th, for a special Politico Live event called The Future of Grid Reliability. We'll have a one-on-one interview with Democratic Congressman Scott Peters, co-author of the Big Wires Act, and Republican Congressman Bob Latta, who's co-chair of the Grid Innovation Caucus. For more information, check out politico.com backslash live-events. Hope to see you there. And that's our show. I'm Katherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow.
0: Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations, helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.